Welcome to the Literacy Rochester podcast. Today we will be sitting down with Kathy Houghton, who is the Executive Director of Literacy New York. Kathy, thank you for joining us today. Sure. Um, before we get started, we do want to thank our podcast sponsor, which is Oasis at the Rochester City School District. Thanks to our partnership with them, it allows us to do wonderful programming uh, around digital literacy within the Rochester Monroe County community, and they sponsor this wonderful podcast. So thank you very much, Oasis at the Rochester City School District. So let's get started with Kathy. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, great to meet everybody and to hear from you and talk with you today. I am the Executive Director at Literacy New York. I have been in that position for about two years. Before that, I was the Director of Program Services for 12 years. So I've been connected to Literacy New York for quite a while now. Um, I've been in the adult education world for about 20 years. I started out as an English as a second language teacher uh, part-time, very long time ago, and was, that was kind of my entree into this world that a lot of people don't know a lot about. Um, Literacy New York has been supporting volunteer-based literacy programs for over 40 years. We, um, we're a nonprofit organization, and we have a, one of our contracts is with New York State, to support community-based organizations like Literacy Rochester. And that our connection with Literacy Rochester is a long and strong one. Uh, it's been for many years. We've been uh, working together to, to really help adults uh, in New York State. So Kathy, how did you get involved as being in adult education and an uh, ELL teacher? It's kind of funny. Um, I had... I was I was a stay-at-home mom. I was I was I had little kids, and I lived in Florida at the time. And a friend of mine said um, they need people to teach English. <laughs> if you have an English degree, they'll talk to you. And my undergraduate was in English and business, so I'm like, okay. So I went. Uh, it was through the community college system there in Florida. That's how, and it was a non-credit uh, ESL program. And um, I went down to interview uh, with with the with the organization. And they handed me side-by-side textbooks, and I taught that night. <laughs> so I had absolutely no teaching experience. Right into the deep end. <laughs> I, always, I always feel like, um, I, I always feel kind of sorry for my very first students, because I learned along with them. But they were just so forgiving and wonderful, and everything I brought them was great for them. So I really learned alongside my students. So, so that was my first... Um, entree into adult ed and then I was I did that for about 10 years part-time I taught at night I and I had such admiration for my students because they'd work all day at back breaking jobs and then they'd show up for three hours of literacy class that night so they were wonderful students uh, really enjoyed that and then um, in the during that time I was also working on my master's in, in English literature and when I finished my master's, I then moved over and I started teaching uh, college. So I taught um, college writing, um, all the courses that the students love to hate, um, literature, introduction to literature, and that kind of thing. Uh, and that was also, that was through the University of North Florida. Okay. And then you joined Literacy New York. Yes, we um, moved. By, I'm from the uh, Rochester area. I actually grew up in Macedon, but my grandparents lived on Mulberry Street 
which is not too far from where we are now in the city of Rochester. Um, so uh, we, but we lived in Florida for quite a while, and then we came back to the area, and I actually started part-time at Erie Community College, because now I live in the Buffalo area, um, teaching again part-time. And then um, when my son was going to college, I wanted to, to go to full-time work. I had, I had not worked full-time the whole time my kids were, were home. And um, there was an ad in the newspaper, <laughs> which nobody looks at anymore. Um, and it said, it said they were looking for somebody who had a master's in English, somebody who had experience working with volunteers, and somebody who had some background in ESL. I'm like, that's me. I mean, when, when I was I was PTO mom with all the volunteer management and all that for all the years I was home and I had my master's in English and I had experience with, with English as a second language. So um, I went in to, to interview with Literacy New York and, and that's, that's the start of it all. Nice. So why don't you expand a little more on what Literacy New York does sure. for organizations like Literacy Rochester? Sure. We have three kind of main areas that we concentrate on in supporting programs. Our overall um, desire is to build capacity in programs. We want to make it easier for programs like Literacy Rochester, and there, there, are, there are 22 contracts that we support and over 40 sites across the state. We want to make it easier for those sites, the places on the ground where the students and the tutors and the teachers are, to do their work. So we do, uh, one of the big things we do is we train all of the volunteer tutors through an online training um, system. And we, so we, we, uh, we work with the programs, the local programs, to get their folks, uh, potential volunteers, enrolled. We monitor their progress. We support them throughout their tutor training, which is all done online. They finish up, they uh, get their certificate, and then they take that certificate back to the local program to show that they've completed. Uh, we also are constant communication with the local program. So we train, uh, even it was interesting because last year with the pandemic even, I think we trained over 750 volunteer tutors last year and over 250 after March. Oh, wow. So we were still able to continue to train volunteer tutors during the pandemic because we have this intake to outcomes I2O online tutor training uh, system. So that's a big part of what we do. Another big part of what we do is support programs with their data reporting and management. Um, our programs, the programs that we support, are they take state, they use state dollars, they take state money, and there are a lot of reporting requirements for any program that takes state dollars, as Josh knows very well. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, what, one thing that we do uh, is we, we help our programs manage their data. We, we help them to make sure that the great work they're doing shows up in their data. Uh, so we're constantly looking at data, making sure that um, everything's getting reported as it should, making sure everything's in compliance with their state dollars so they won't have any trouble with that. And then the third main area that we are involved in is uh, advocacy for the issue of adult literacy. Um, we, we, the adult literacy education dollars, which fund the programs uh, like Literacy Rochester and Literacy New York, they are, um, there's actually a line in the state budget for adult literacy education, which we're very grateful that New York State has that. It's not common. It's something that other states don't really have, but we have to fight for it every year. <laughs> so every year we, we have to make sure that our legislators know uh, the great work that programs are doing with this, 
what is actually a very small amount of money uh, through the state budget. So training, data reporting, management, and advocacy. Okay. And for people to know how small it is, in the current 21-22 state budget, adult literacy education statewide, I believe, Kathy, it's one it's, it's seven point eight seven point eight million, that's it. million dollars <laughs> in a budget that is astronomical. Yeah. And that's seven point eight, Kathy. How many people does that roughly students. help in your that state? that supports around between sixty five hundred and seven thousand adult learners every year. So Talk about great stewards of money when you look like at K-12, where it's $12,000 a year per student or 11000 Ours are um, really doing well at around $1,000 a student, a little bit more. So the program, part of the, part of the reason that we're able to deliver services so economically is because we utilize volunteers. And um, that's a, it's, if we didn't have those volunteers and it's actually volunteer appreciation week uh, right now so a big shout out to all the folks who volunteer for literacy and other things in our state Um, because we have volunteers we are able to provide those services but the programs do a fantastic job of working on a shoestring and just making things happen uh, with very little money yeah so we're basically spending a tenth yeah an adult learner (laughs) that yeah. You know, a K through twelve is spending on their students. Yep. Yep. Um, and having great, our our learners are expected to move up uh, a great equivalency every year. Uh, we have we have very and and our students meet that we we hit our benchmarks. We we get those outcomes. Our students do well. So with with that little amount of money, we're making great things happen, and we're really um, helping the economy, helping communities, helping individuals in New York State. Yeah. So, Kathy, why don't you tell us a little bit about how adult education has kind of changed from when you joined Literacy in New York over 14 years ago? Sure. I think there was a big shift um, in the, especially the programs that Literacy in New York supports, which are the community-based organizations. When I first came on board, uh, there was not a lot of accountability for the volunteer-based programs. We got state dollars, but it was, um, uh, all the state money flowed through Literacy in New York and we portioned it out to the, it was on some funding formula that we never really understood, legislative. (laughs) Um, But so there there was good work being done, but there was no measure of it. and when I was hired, it was kind of when New York State said, okay, guys, you're getting state dollars. You need to move into the age of accountability. And so that was really one of the reasons that, that I was hired was to kind of bring our all the programs that are supported uh, by Literacy New York through this adult literacy education funding um, to the point where they could really show the good work that they're doing with their data. So one of the big hurdles was... Um, pre-testing and post-testing all of, all of our students. If a student is funded by state dollars, it's required that they have a, a pre-test and a post-test every year so that we can see how we're doing. We can we kind of measure gain. And we would get volunteers who would say, you know, my, my student's so nervous about testing. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring them in for testing. And, and we'd be like, no, well, you, the state's paying for them to get this, this service. We, you need to bring them in for testing. So there was a huge shift in, um, 
data reporting and the level of data that's reporting. There's also a shift um, in adult education dollars across the nation toward more workforce um, activity. And that has its pros and its cons. Certainly uh, equipping folks so that they can be part of the workforce is a big part of what all of our programs do. And many, many of our students do come in with a desire to, to get a better job or, or to get a job. But it seems like the, 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 the shift is away from you know, just learning how to read so you can help your kids to more of um, learning to read and do math and basic skills so that, so that you can improve your employability. And math is another thing. We, um, when I started, nobody tutored in math. Now it's one of the biggest activities that's going on with, with our um, programs. And they, the, our, our volunteer tutors are able to um, work with students with real basic math and really help them so that then they're ready to move into a classroom-based operation. Okay. What did you see over the past year um, with the pandemic and its impact on the adult literacy education and adult education in general? Sure. What I saw in the pandemic was there was, um, the, the state education department um, kind of legislates how we spend our money and, and, and as they should, it's state dollars. That when the pandemic started, the state education department gave us quite a bit of leeway to um, start serving our students remotely, which had never really been done before. So there was this huge flip to remote instruction where the tutor and the learner or the classroom teacher and the students were in different places and people were in their homes. And um, there was um, an immediate desire on the part of the tutors and the teachers to keep the teaching and learning going. And I so admired that, that these um, volunteer tutors who had never done a Zoom before or never really, they taught themselves how to use these tools so that they could keep, keep teaching their students. And, for me, that was really heartening and really eye-opening, that there was really a desire to keep the teaching and learning going, and we did. And I also had uh, the great opportunity to zoom in to classes and to volunteer uh, tutor one-to-one -one pairs, where I'd never spent a lot of time you know, observing tutors before, because they were, they were all over the state, and we're, our office is in Buffalo, and it just wasn't something that we did. So it was really... Um, a pleasure and an opportunity for me to to be part of these zooms and I'm so struck by the um, the dedication of the volunteer tutors and the adult learners uh, a lot of our learners don't have broadband access they don't have access to the internet or the or maybe the equipment I was observing one class and there was a woman sitting in her car because she was by the library on her phone doing the class because she could pick up the Wi-Fi signal from the library because wow. she didn't have. So the dedication of the students to, to make it work, a tremendous admiration for them. Yeah, we, some of our volunteers, you know, when they couldn't meet in person, not only were they using the Zoom or Google Hangouts, they did the phone calls. Yeah. They did yeah. emails. Yeah. When the weather was nice, they were meeting their students socially distanced in a park. At picnic tables <laughs> and, and picnic stuff. Table. Yeah, we did a so. lot of um, packet mailing too. We would have, uh, the tutors would say, hey, 
uh, could you send this workbook piece to my student and we'd mail it out and mm -hmm. so they would um, the student could do the work and then they get on the phone together and they'd review the work and just the the commitment and and our our adult learners are these essential workers that we talk about they don't have the luxury of working from home so many of them were out on the front lines um, especially downstate you know some of our programs in the Hudson Valley and mm -hmm. they had uh, tremendously high levels of, of COVID, of infection. And it was, um, it was just to, to see the, the desire to keep teaching, keep learning throughout all of this was really remarkable. Yeah, and you know, as we say here, the success of Literacy Rochester is the courage of our students mm -hmm. and the dedication of our volunteers. Yeah. And then the support of the community yeah. for them to do that. So I definitely think the last 12 months has shown that courage and dedication yep, definitely. immensely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, how do you think the pandemic and this switch to the distance learning for at least a little while, what do you see that having a long-term effect on the work that these community organizations are doing with adult literacy? I think that um, we were able to show that something like this can work. Um, we were a little, we, we weren't able to test folks because everybody was remote, but, but just anecdotally, there were certainly a lot of gains and a lot of progress made. I would encourage the community-based organizations to, uh, to um, ride on that, to, to try to find funding that would support distance and remote education uh, once the state is back to the more face-to-face, -face, which is where they're going to be moving. Um, but you have, now you have some, some data, you have some proof to show that something like this works. So I would really encourage community-based organizations to, to try to keep it going. I think that for some um, students, the biggest barriers in adult education are transportation and childcare. Remote learning lifts both of those barriers. So uh, if there's opportunities for programs to, to start up remote programs and, and that kind of thing, I think that they would, they would uh, reach students that otherwise would not be able to engage in uh, adult education. Okay. Anything else that you would like to tell our listeners about yourself, Literacy New York, adult education? I'll talk, I want to talk just a little bit about the value of the work that we do. And I know um, a lot of times people wonder if it's worth it and, and are there hard and fast numbers. And I was lucky enough to be part of a presentation recently um, through the Open Door Collective. I encourage you to look them up, the Open Door Collective. They are a, an adult literacy focused uh, kind of think tank. And I attended a lecture called An Open Door Out of Poverty. And some of the numbers were just incredible. Like, for instance, adults without high school credentials, without their diploma, they take $1,800 more out of the state system than they pay into it every year. So that's, that's their need. But adults with a high school equivalency provide the government with almost $4,600 more than they take out. Wow. So the value of that credential is huge. And um, a lot of our learners are at the very beginning of their journey toward that high school credential, but our local literacy programs play such a huge part in helping to get them ready and prepared. Um, it was just uh, and, and, and one more thing. Some people who uh, have people who have some post-secondary education, but without their credential, 
they, they provided $8,000 more into the system. Those with a community college credential provided over $10,000 more into the system. So when we look at, um, is it worth it? Is an investment in adult education worth it? Yes, it is definitely worth it. There was one long-term study that shows um, that 100 hours of basic skills instruction translates to $10,000 more in income for an individual. Wow. So if we can get those, our, our students, those 100 hours, we're really moving them forward and we're gonna positively affect their family, their community, you know, every, everything that they do is gonna be positively effective. So um, the importance of funding and supporting adult education is huge. Yeah, so kind of to crunch some of those numbers, so we're spending 1,200 a year, mm-hmm. which easily someone can get a hundred hours yep. in a year. Yep. So that twelve hundred dollars we're investing allows them to increase their living situation. That could bump them up at ten thousand dollars. By ten thousand dollars. Yep. Yep. It's a it's a tremendous uh, return on investment. And I don't think we talk about it enough. I think uh, there there's so much human potential that's wasted mm-hmm. because folks don't have the reading skills, the English language skills, the math skills, the basic computer literacy skills. And what our programs do is make sure that they're equipping these adult learners so that their talent is not wasted. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it was great having you on and talking about Literacy New York, Al, uh, adult education, and yourself. We greatly appreciate that. Um, thank you all for listening to this podcast. Again, if you have any ideas or questions, comments, please feel free to reach out to Literacy Rochester at office at literacyrochester.org. And always, as always, Literacy Rochester is empowering lives through literacy.